podcast listeners what is happening it is wednesday that means it's podcast release day that also means that tomorrow january 27th is going to be podcast trivia day um this week we're giving away a pair of vortex viper uh 15 by 50 binos um, for those of you who don't know how to participate in this, basically what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be posting a question in that Facebook group, Seek Outside Adventures, tomorrow, Thursday, the 27th at 3 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. The question is going to be pertaining to, to today's podcast uh, that we're doing with Jason Nelson, uh, who is a drone pilot, um, commercial drone pilot. He's done lots of documentary drone work, uh, including did a PBS special really awesome so stay tuned to the podcast today for your chance to win these vortex viper binos just if you could give a little introduction and maybe a little backstory uh by the way this is jason nelson for those listening yeah hi guys um i guess we covered my name part um <laughs> i live in Uray, colorado and uh i am a commercial drone pilot um as well as I guess we would say recreation. Um, I use drones for all sorts of different things, and uh, I guess we'll kind of get into that through the conversation a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'll use them for play um, and for work. And uh, yeah, so today we'll talk about, I don't know, we'll try to give you guys some relevant information as to how they might benefit you how you can use them and what kind of yeah. fun you can have well it's it's a very interesting topic it's kind of like kind of almost like e-bikes a little bit you know we, we talk about e-bikes a lot and you know there's some folks that are like oh these things are freaking awesome you know they really boost your outdoor experience but then there's also those folks who are like oh man it's cheating you know if you want to if you want to ride a bike trail you got to have an actual bike so it's a, it's a very, I feel like it's one of those issues where because the technology is so new, I mean, drones really only became public like within the last 10 years, right? Like to where the public could buy Yes, them. Yeah. I mean, I would say like ones that work half decent. Yeah. For commercially available, probably around 10 years. Um, okay. I, don't, I couldn't tell you the exact year, but that sounds about right. Okay. Yeah. But it, it's just one of those things where, you know. I'm sure everybody's has had an experience out in the woods where, you know, you're you're enjoying this awesome waterfall or whatever and then you hear this high pitched squealing sound coming coming from behind you. Ends up being this drone getting right in the middle of the of the um you know, the the scenery. And I used to always be uh, until I became a, you know, tried to get into amateur photography and now I'm kinda doing it for Seek Outside as a job. I was always, you know, like, oh, man, screw those drones. You know, they're stupid. Like, I don't know why anybody would have one. But now I'm the one that's like, you know, like I, I've only taken my drone out a couple times. and But I'm, I'm just like, oh, man, I can see why you would want to just fly it everywhere. They're so freaking cool. But um, maybe, maybe a good uh, jumping off point for this um, would be, uh, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll just ask, like, like what your thoughts are on drones and how you ethically use them in the outdoors. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, to put it in a simple terms is if you 
I mean, it's just like anything else we do in the outdoors. We try to be like polite and courteous to others around us when, you know, there's multiple people in the same space. Like, I think the same thing would go for like walking down a trail with a boom box, um, you know, as flying a drone next to say like a waterfall. Um, and I think we all need to be like patient with each other in those circumstances too. Like I, whether, whether I happen to be walking, I wouldn't normally do this, but walk down a trail with a boom box, it would take me a minute before I might notice you. And then if I were polite and courteous, I would turn it down or off, um, or ask permission like, Hey, does this bother you? Um, and same with the drone, right? Like, so you're flying around and, you know, sometimes you don't even notice somebody's there until, you know, you've turned the drone or pointed the camera and you're like, oh, crap, look, hey, look, there's somebody there. It's people um, there, yeah. And then it's really up to you what you're going to do. But, like, I try not to hover and, you know, um, be obnoxious. You're also not technically supposed to be flying over people because um, that's one of the rules for flying drones. Really? So. Hmm. Um, yeah, so, you know, that's always a consideration too. Now that, that means like you falling on them if you were to like cut out the motors. So yeah. if they're like adjacent to you, then, then you could, you're not yeah. endangering their safety. Basically, if you as a person had airspace above you, you just can't fly above that, that airspace or fly into that airspace type thing. It's, that, see the the intent of that rule is so that you're not jeopardizing somebody's safety yeah like if a motor were to fail or something like that mm. um so i don't think there's you know the rule doesn't have specifics to where you know 10 feet or 100 feet above somebody or if you're 10 feet say to their left um i think you know the interpretation is just comes down to are you endangering their safety yeah well it's kind of one of those things where uh, they're probably still trying to figure out some of the regulations and all that good stuff um what uh have you have you ever have you i'm sure you have have you ever had any negative experiences with folks like being like hey dude don't don't fly that fucking drone here um let's see here i don't think I've had too much of that um not that comes to, no that's not true uh I was shooting for work once and we were working on a hotel up in Steamboat Springs um and the hotel people we, we were working for actually came out screaming and I just put it away we were working for them anyway um so you know there wasn't really a benefit for me to get into a big argument with them. You're just like, you don't um, want cool drone shots. You don't, you don't get them. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, pretty much. I'm like, all right, whatever you say, we're here for you guys. Yeah. Um, you know, I wish he hadn't come out screaming and we could have just had a conversation and simply resolved it. But, um, I've also been on the other side of things too, where this past summer I was rock climbing and somebody flew a drone up and usually like, I'm really, understanding of these kinds of things because you know i fly them too but this guy was just sitting there hovering like maybe 15 feet behind at me 
um, and there's a couple of us climbing at once. Um, but also like directly over the Blair, um, which is the person holding the rope. So it's both like super distracting and pretty annoying. Um, and if he had just like come over and taken some pictures and gone on his way, I would have been great. But they just like sat there and hovered and we w w waved them off or tried to. Um, and the guy just sat there kept hovering and getting closer. Um, so that was a really unfortunate experience. Um, but you know, it's only one I've ever had. So, yeah. So do you like, from your perspective, do you see it as like a, a controversial issue or, or in your world, um, are you, are you seeing that it's kind of changed? Cause I'm just speaking from my perspective and maybe it's heavily influenced by, you know, the people I'm around, but, um, you know, like, I don't know, not that the people I'm around are, are specifically anti-drone, but it's just like, it's one of those things where I guess maybe the people that I've been around the few times that I've seen a drone out in the wild, you know, and it, like I was just in California and we saw one on the beach and, you know, my mom made a comment like, ah, freaking drone or whatever. And, you know, it's just kind of like a kind of a negative connotation around it. Do you see it that way or, or am I misguided in that? I would say completely like, um, I think also like an e-bike, right? Like anytime somebody passes you with an e-brake bike, you're like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then with drones, yeah, I think people have like a, a generalized negative connotation because we also like, you know, the other thing we associate with drones are these things the military uses. Kind of unfortunate, like we're sharing the same name there. Um, but drones like generally don't have that long of a battery life. So in most cases, even if they're annoying you, they're going to be gone pretty quick. Um, that's starting to change with some of the newer ones are getting longer battery life, but yeah, that's another subject, but they're also getting quieter and stuff too. So, you know, we're gonna, I don't think they're going away. I think we'll see changes. I think we'll start to get used to their presence. Like, um, you know, it's probably not that long before Amazon's gonna be doing deliveries with them. Um, they've been doing that with test markets already. Um, and, you know, as annoying as it sounds, you know, having a pizza delivered in a couple minutes, hot is going to be, would pretty be cool. pretty sweet, man. Yeah. Especially <laughs> after a long day of ice climbing or something like that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Or wherever, just like, you know, versus having more vehicles on the road. And yeah there you know there's already talks of developing you know freaking flying car uber services and stuff like that you know i know i know there's there's some some of those things in the works so it's it's just a matter of time and i i don't know i think um <clears throat> you know it's like it's like everything when it when something is new to a space there's always the the old school people that are going to be like oh you know but like specifically in outdoor, like landscape photography or something like that, I'm sure there's always going to be the folks that are, you know, like the old school, oh, dude, just like how in photography now, there's still the people that are like, oh, film is the only way to do it. 
you know, it's going to be the same kind of thing. Like there's always people that are against the new thing. So it's, but I, the way I see it, and I'm very new to the whole thing. So maybe after I say this, you could give your perspective on it. But I think, I think it's a great way to, to get people out seeing cool places. And, you know, that's, that's a whole another can of worms to, you know, talk about if we want more people out exploring, you know, deeper into the woods with drones and stuff like that. But I mean, I think in general, if people can appreciate wild places, then they will forever have a have a place in our societal values. But what, what's your perspective on that? Well, I mean, could go a lot of directions with that. But the most interesting one that came to mind um, was it could be a really useful bridge to get kids who are, I hate to say it, like addicted to video games, <clears throat> a little bit more yeah. interested in the outs, outdoors because it's, in a lot of ways, it's bringing them both together. Like flying a drone is, in a lot of ways, something like a video game um, in terms of the controls mm -hmm. and the user experience. Um, but you're also doing it <coughs> outside. Um, and then there's a lot of avenues you could be going with that. You maybe you might get into drone racing. Maybe it's a matter of looking at rocks or plants or something like that. Um, so it could be a great gateway tool for um, for those type of uses. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, like you know, we don't want to get. I mean, we do want people to get involved in the outdoors um, because it's you know that's how we get them to appreciate and respect um, the planet or environment and hopefully like be able to take care of it yeah so from your perspective um, and I'm just speaking like in wilderness scenarios um, what are some basic rules of thumb uh, so that you're not ruining other people's experience, obviously not getting too close, but do you have any other rules, uh, that you would like say there is a person that is very, you know, like somebody that's played video games and they just got a drone for Christmas and they want to take it out to a wild place to see some cool stuff. What would you tell them so that they are using their drone properly, ethically and safely? Yeah. So, uh, that's a great question. Um, I think, you know, just simplifying it and I'll kind of like go over like a couple of the rules we're supposed to abide by. Um, the first mm -hmm. one is we're not supposed to fly 400, more than 400 feet above ground level. Um, so you might be able to fly a thousand or so feet up as long as you're going up a mountainside, for example. Um, so it's not a strict height limit. It has to do with above ground or a structure something of that nature and that's for plane <laughs> safety correct like that's yeah an FAA. so that keeps us out of danger of most planes um not to say like i've certainly seen planes flying lower so it's really important you're aware of those type of things especially helicopters too mm -hmm. um then there's also like airspace regulations um <clears throat> So we're not allowed to fly in national parks. Um, when you have airports around, they have 
essentially big circles around them. And mm. the airspace is kind of like an upside down wedding cake in terms of um, how it's uh, enforced, I guess, or like how they kind of create yeah. their space. Um, so the planes can land in that. But um, there's a the simplest thing I would say is get the air map app for your phone. And that would tell mm -hmm. you most places like where you're allowed to fly and where you're not. Um, because there's a lot of places you wouldn't think would be an issue, like in rural situations. And there might be a rural airport right around the corner you had no idea was there. Um, mm -hmm. And then when it comes to wilderness... Um, we are not allowed to take off or land within a wilderness. Now, if you're outside the boundaries and you fly into the wilderness and come back out, that's okay. Yeah. Um, and then the other two major things I would note is one, you know, we don't try not to fly over people. And two, we don't want to harass wildlife. Yeah. Um, that's also discouraged. So getting back to the wilderness thing, and maybe you, maybe you can elaborate a little bit more on that. Like, is that is the fact that you can fly over wilderness, but you can't land or take off? Is that is that like a loophole that they just haven't shored up in the regulations, or is is there a reason for that? Um, I would say it has to do with the FAA controls the airspace within the country um and so now you also have all these different land ownerships within that right so we have private property yeah. we have state property and whatever else um because the faa controls that airspace they determine um you know we kind of have general rules uh like drones are kind of treated the same as airplanes so an airplane mm. is allowed to fly over a wilderness area and not land in it and mm. more or less the same as okay. a drone. Um, I think that yeah. simplifies it better. That makes sense. Yeah. And uh, that also and goes with, well, this is like jumping ahead to the, hunt, the hunting subject, but um, you're also not allowed to shoot down a drone. Um, some people like to threaten those type of things, but it's treated the same as if you were to shoot at an aircraft. Um, so you'd be looking at big trouble. Uh, that's funny. I remember um, back when drones were first coming out, there was a actually a town in Colorado. I believe it was Deer Trail, and I don't know if you remember this, but I want to say that like their mayor uh, made it legal somehow to to shoot drones down it was like on the daily show and stuff like that i don't know if i don't know if that was like legit or if you know if you actually did that you would get arrested for it but kind of funny like just shows the sentiment that was around drones that you know at, at first when they first came out it's still like that in a lot of places um and for a lot of people um i sort of hope we're all kind of getting to like a homeostasis where it's hopefully less of a big deal and people are being responsible with them, but there's always exceptions yeah. to that. Um, and there's always like, you know, you have your federal rules and then you have your state rules and your city rules or whatever, and they don't always line up exactly. Like you may have one that contradicts another. Um, 
so while the mayor may, might say it's okay, you would still have the FAA governing the airspace that would say no way. Um, yeah. So what are what are some uh, what are some of the beneficial reasons to have a drone and to use it in, you know, our podcast is specific, more you know outdoor geared, right? So what are what are some cool uses like I know for example you uh would use it just Kevin was telling me that you would use a drone to scout out ice climbing routes and stuff like that um what are some other beneficial uses that people could use drones for that are that are also ethical because obviously and I just want to state this for everybody listening you you cannot use a drone to obviously harass wildlife you can't do that you just said that but you also can't look for wildlife um, you know, in a hunting capacity, you can't use it, um, for that, but, but yeah, what are, what are some good, good uses? Um, for using yeah, I actually looked up the hunting thing before this discussion. Cause I know we have a lot of audience listen, listeners that are very into hunting and there's 45 states that don't allow or say that it's illegal to use drones in association with hunting, whether it be scouting or, um, pretty much all associated uses. And it seems like most of the intent behind that is because you guys want to have a fair, to make hunting challenging, right? We don't want to, you know, yeah. just push a button and, you know, have a dead animal. Um, we want to be able yeah. to, you know, g give the animal a chance and, you know, put sp keep sport within the sport. Um, yeah. So to elaborate, like, uh, I use it to, like I said, to go check on ice conditions because, you know, I can spend a lot of time hiking into a place to find out the waterfall's not frozen yet. Um, I'll even check, like, like I live in Uray. We have an ice park um, that's very popular. People come from all over the world to ice climb here. And if I'm feeling lazy, I might just pop the drone up and see how many cars are in the, tr the parking lot um, mm -hmm. and know whether it's, like, too busy for me to want to go down there or not um, to save myself a drive. Uh, more interesting uses would be like scouting rapids for river running. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. That's really beneficial because if, you know, you never know when there's a down tree or snag in the river, um, as water levels change, rapids change, and there's, you know, we we have a lot of like community information now in a lot of places, especially like Facebook groups, you can check in on river conditions, but for like less popular rivers or especially if you're in Alaska, somewhere like that. Um, and there's alders growing over the river where, you know, the banks where you, it's really hard to be able to scout something. Um, you might be able to put a drone up and, you know, really cover your bases better um, safety wise. Mm -hmm. Cause I've, you know, experienced going down rivers I wasn't very familiar with in Alaska and, you know, had 30 foot waterfalls, <laughs> things like that. Oh. Like, um, yeah. you know, fortunately I didn't go over them accidentally. Um, so, you know, preventing those it kinds of accidents or yeah, you know, mishaps. Definitely would have been nice to have a drone in that situation to, yeah, to see where really helpful. Yeah. I mean, safety is for sure, you know, I'm sure you could use it for, you know, 
snowmobiling or something, if you fly your drone a couple miles down a road and you see that there's a downed tree, you know, you know that you got to bring a chainsaw or something like that. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, that's something that I hadn't really thought of was kind of the, the scouting out and kind of safety aspect yeah. for, of, of using drones. So other things I've used them for is like, I'd say like more of a exploration type for rock climbing. Um, when we're going out looking to do new routes, I can fly a cliff face and see, um, you know, what I'm kind of going to be getting into if there's going to be like a big loose rock hazard. Like, for example, I did a desert tower and, uh, you know, I was able to get a view of the top and see like if there was like a whole bunch of loose blocks that might just fall on me and kill me. Um, you know, you don't want to end up like Aaron Ralston or something of that nature. Um, so you're able to get like um, kind of a better perspective and planning for, we'll say, like completing new rock climbs. Um, you, you can find out if this cracks and it will take natural protection or if you need to plan on placing bolts, things of that nature, um, as well as some safety hazards. Um, other sports that would be useful. I guess you could see if a trail was really muddy mountain biking. Um, mountain biking is a little bit tougher because it, with the drone you might have like a mile or two range and you know a typical mountain bike ride is probably going to be a lot further than that. Yeah, 20 miles or something. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean it depends on your fitness and the terrain but yeah. Um, yeah, for me, it's definitely not 20 miles. It's like five. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm trying um, to think of what other, I mean, I don't know if people use them to look for fish. Um, yeah, I was going to say. Whether that's I, I mean, considered I, I, unsporting or not. Um, yeah. Well, you could use it to see, like, you know, if there's a guy in your spot that, you know, you have to hike a mile to or whatever. But I could see that being a good use. Um you know, you could you could check if you're in a new spot. You can check where the pools are so that you don't have to walk on the riverbank the whole time. Right. Um, and, yeah. you, you know, or like you could argue that maybe that's taking some of the experience out, but you're also saving the environment a little bit by not having a lot of extra trampling of it. Um, so there's a flip side to these things, but. Yeah. Well, and I've. I don't know. I'm just such a sucker for drone photography and drone videography. That's that's really why I got them. And I Me think too. Like having a flying really camera the is coolest. the coolest thing I could ever think it's of. So like awesome. somebody told me when I was a kid, like, <laughs> so when you grow up, there's going to be cameras that fly. I'd be like, no way. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah I mean, you got an opportunity, and then you know, so there's different. There's different types of drones. Like you probably got a DJI mm -hmm. one, I assume. I did, yep. Okay. So those are very like good for, I want to say like static type imagery. Um, you, they mm -hmm. do very well with stills and you can get like really cool, smooth um, video, especially going forward and back. But there's a different type mm -hmm. of drone called FPV. Mm -hmm. And the FPV drones are kind of all manual um yep. and you wear the like the goggles so like the vr goggles with vr them. so mm -hmm. it's like being in the drone um so it's very much like a video game 
while you're doing it. Um, and it really gives you this joy of flying that you, I don't think yeah. you can really experience otherwise without being in like a fighter plane or wingsuiting Dude, or something would, like that. Um, yeah, I would love to do that. So, so is that headset, is that how you control the gimbal, the camera gimbal on those? So the FPV drones, um, I would say it comes more from like the RC background. And what I would okay. say like DJI, which is one of the most popular companies of consumer drones, um, what they did is they went and added software to these that um, really makes it much easier to fly them. So th there's mm -hmm. limiters so that you don't tip your drone like upside down, for example, and have it crash. Mm -hmm. um, and there's also like GPS um, chips and computers in it so that like when you let go of the controls on the DJI drone, the drone just hovers there. And then most of them now are smart enough to where they're if the battery gets low or you lose signal, they'll just fly right back and land where you started. And they're yep. pretty remarkably accurate um, at doing that. They'll be within like a few feet. The FPV stuff is like a very, you know, this is like by and large because there's all different types of ones out there for different things, but they're very simplified. So. A lot of the people make their own. They've got these very lightweight carbon fiber frames um, and a lot less electronics. Um, so for filming, in most cases, you're mounting a separate camera to the drone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like a GoPro or something. I've seen those. Uh, so for the smaller ones, they do stuff like they, they call it a naked GoPro. They take all the extra weight off of a GoPro and rebuild it into this smaller package. So it weighs a like a fifth of the weight. Um, okay. And then for the bigger ones, you can do stuff like carry a DSLR or a um, even something as big as of a red camera. Now you're talking about a Dang. pretty big drone at that point because you've got a heavy payload. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you fly it with this these goggles and then you're using the controller for your flight part. The goggles just are where you're looking. Um, and with those, like if you let go of the controls, they're just going to, whatever your last input is, they're going to keep doing. Um, oh, okay. In most cases, it's probably just going to fall out of the sky. So you have to be yeah. very like careful with the controls and it takes a ton more skill, like 10 times the skill in learning. Like a DJI drone, so you can go out and you can figure it out like almost in a few minutes you're like oh okay i get the hang of this and the pv ones you need to train on the simulator for a couple of weeks and then you're still probably going to crash and break stuff <laughs> i i was i was shocked because i got the dj dji mini um the the new one and uh i was just shocked at how easy it was to to pick up i mean i you know i had it up and flying in a day and then you know like flying with total control and you know was able to get some what i thought were pretty solid shots for you know my second day using it um on the second day so it, yeah they're it's a really cool technology especially if you're into you know outdoor photography and you know it's just a, another addition 
to your to your repertoire. Um, I did want to ask you. So, what what kind of permits do you have to have in order to fly? Let's just take like your average user like me. Like, what what type of permits do I have to have? So for for filming. Generally speaking, when you purchase a drone, if it's over, I think point five five pounds or around 250 grams um mm-hmm. those might not line up exactly i think the in the u.s we usually go on pounds so i think it's 0.55 pounds you're supposed to register it with the faa it costs five dollars it takes a second to do um and then and there's also something called a trust exam they want you to do now um which basically mm-hmm. says you acknowledge the basic rules like flying under 400 feet not over people things of that nature um and then you're more or less good to go if you want to do anything commercial with your drone and that includes anything like say even if you're racing a drone and you might win money that could be considered commercial if you have a youtube channel that's commercial um real estate all of these outlets um, then you are supposed to get what's called an FAA part 107 license. And it's mm-hmm. a, um, it covers a lot of aeronautical safety. Um, you, you've got to learn like what, how to read an, aer- an aeronautical map. Um, and you have to learn weather and there's some weird stuff on there like, um, airport runway markings which you should never be flying on an airport runway but <laughs> they want you yeah, to learn those things um uh but the test isn't like that prohibitive you can study for like two weeks and take it um and that yeah. allows you to do commercials work legally um yeah i i heard that it was basically like uh just a stripped down version of what pilots have to take Exactly, which is why they, probably why they left the um, runway markings on there. Not not sure. Yeah, you can definitely tell it's not fully geared towards drone flights, but yeah, like you said, it's a watered down version of what a pilot has to do. And um, the other thing I would note is that you can. I don't want to say break the rules, but you can apply for what's called a waiver if you want to fly somewhere, do something you're not really supposed to um, with the FAA. So, say example, you want to you do want to fly over a bunch of people, and there's a you have a legitimate reason, you can um, apply for permission for that. And usually, mm-hmm. you would describe okay. your safety measures and things of that nature. Um, yeah. but and also like say flying near an airport you can apply for a waiver um and get permission to do so um but usually yeah you, yeah you put in all your safety measures and you know kind of describe why you're not gonna hurt or kill anybody that's that's probably a good good thing for people to know how you're not gonna kill anybody <laughs> um how how strict are like have you ever been checked uh in any of your flights or anything by you know uh, like who even enforces that i would assume it's probably mostly the faa but like like uh the commercial drone license like have you ever been been checked for that 
Um, usually when I go to do a job, um, they'll request it. So like <laughs> usually the whoever's hiring me to do a job might request it okay. um, if it's yeah. a company. Um, a, uh, and then I have yet to get, I don't think I've ever been like stopped by police or anything like that. Um, yeah. But there's plenty of people that have and depending upon where you are, police may or may not be well educated on the matter. Um, so I've had like drone pilot friends that actually will print out the general rules and keep that with them in case they are ever approached and they can say, hey, listen, look, here are the rules I'm flying within my you know, legal rights and this and that. Mm. Um, just to try to, you know, get yourself in out of any conflict um, or potential trouble. And then it, uh, there's also what we call Karens. Um, I'm, I think we hear of Karens everywhere, and these are people oh, that yeah. <laughs> I might describe as care too much, um, yeah. and they're a little overly interested in what you're doing, um, and so you may need to explain to them that you are being safe and you are operating within you know legal boundaries and stuff is is that where karen came from was from caring too much do you know do you know my guess that's a really good question i don't know i only <laughs> i mostly learned of the term through drone flying um, but i start to see it you know used more and more now so i'm not really sure um, how that got introduced into our, you know, our modern language. Yeah. I'm going to have to look that up because if that's, I always just thought it was a, a random name, you know, maybe some famous person had a, had a run in with somebody named Karen and then started saying Karen. So we have but like, it would make sense if it's care too much. Cause that's what, what, what Karen's do. Yeah. I care mean, too much. Is that when there or anything you can get him to look it up? Like, Joe Rogan has Jamie. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> He's constantly no, get, doing Google searches for him. Yeah, let's see. Let's uh, let's look it up because this is very important. Is actually on Wikipedia. Interesting. Oh enough. yeah. And what uh, are you? so, according to Wikipedia, in African American culture, there's a long history of calling meddlesome white women by a certain name. Uh, in the 1800s, she was referred to as Miss Anne. In the 1990s, Becky was used. And as late as 2018, before the use of Karen caught on, alternative names matching incidents were used, such as Barbecue Becky or Cornerstone Carolyn. Hmm. Interesting. So for the term Karen, several possible origins have been proposed. Um... Let's see here. They reference the movie Mean Girls. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that interesting. without going through. But yeah, it goes all the way back to the 1800s, which is interesting. Wow. Yeah, so Karen, it, it's got to be in the dictionary now. But they're strictly basically calling out meddlesome white women. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Kind I love of funny. That. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. But, okay. So, so we were talking about drone buying. Yeah. We were talking about, uh, I believe the last thing we were talking about was intersecting of, uh, climbing and drone recovery. And 
I, I guess um, something we could we could talk about there, which pertains specifically to wild places, is I think a responsible part of drone flying is making sure that you are in a spot where you can retrieve your drone. And I have a, a specific instance uh, when this was this had to have been when drones first came out. It was probably 2013, 2014. It was the first time I went to the Grand Canyon. We were driving around the South Rim and, you know, there's like that road. I don't know if you've ever been there, but there's a road that goes all around this South Rim and there's a bunch of viewpoints. And we were in a car and there was a car that was directly behind us. And so we'd pull up to a spot and we'd be enjoying this place. And then this other car would pull up to a spot and he'd start flying his drone you know, right over the, the Grand Canyon. And, you know, the Grand Canyon is not known for its accessibility to the bottom there. And we're, you know, we're hanging out in a spot and all of a sudden his drone battery cut out or, or lost reception or whatever. And the thing fell, you know, hundreds of feet down to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. And in that situation, he's not getting it back, you know, like, and that, that piece of, uh, all the battery, all the all the chemicals are just going to be out there. So um, maybe you could give us some some thoughts on that. I mean, yeah, nobody wants to crash their drone, especially if they're spending five hundred to thousands on them. Mm -hmm. um, so we're all, I think, uh, unless we just have more money than we know what to do with, we're all generally motivated to not let that happen. Yeah, uh, yeah. Never mind the fact you're going to lose whatever footage you were had on that memory card. Yeah, um, true. Which is also sometimes worth more to you than the money. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, accidents do happen, unfortunately, um, within mm -hmm. everything, um, and you are required to put your FAA license number on your drone. Um, so while we do lose drones periodically. People do. Um, they are. They should be marked with your name, your phone number, and that information, so that when somebody finds them, they can be returned. The other motivation is, as a buyer of a drone, you would probably be interested in getting an insurance policy with it. Um, so Best mm -hmm. Buy sells their Geek Squad protection, and DJI has their own version of that. Um, and they all require you to send in at least part of the drone um, mm -hmm. to get, you know, a, a new one back. Um, so you're pretty highly motivated to to get that and not leave it in the wilderness. Um, yeah. And, you know, conversely, I could say, you know, there's Mylar balloons throughout the wilderness. <laughs> That is true. Um, uh, far yeah. more than, you know, and of course, those are probably not as bad of a drone, but, you know, these things um, unfortunately happen. Yeah. I guess I would just say, you know, like if, if you just got a drone, probably don't take it over the Grand Canyon until you kind of know your, know your limit. Obviously, you can't fly a drone in a, in a national park, so that's not a, an issue, but I would just... I would think um, the courteous thing would be to do your, I mean, yeah, you, you spent 500,000, even if, if it's 200 bucks, you know, it's like 
that's not something that most people can sustain to be buying a new drone every week or whatever. Oh, no, not know, so. at all. And I'd highly recommend going out to a open area, preferably grassy, because with grass, if you do crash, it is a soft landing. Mm-hmm. Um, a desert works pretty well, too. Um, yeah. And, you know, practice your flying, figure out what its limitations are, all of those kinds of things before yeah you go taking it around cliffs and trees and rivers and lakes Mm. um where you're far more prone to not being able to get it back um and like with my fpv ones i have a spot that i like to go not too far from my house that is open and i'll go practice my tricks or even just general flying stuff to make sure i can kind of dial it in so i'm not you know gonna lose it later yeah, make sure make sure that you haven't lost your your touch there. Yeah. Um Yeah, so um there's there's other kinds of drones too, right? I mean, now they're starting to make some aquatic drones. Have you do you have any experience with those? Well, I don't, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, we all associate them with these like buzzing, you know, quadcopters and yeah, there's I mean, you could argue that the drone industry goes back to model aircraft um, mm-hmm. and the main difference is we have more, a few more electronics on them now and we stick cameras on there, but it's mostly the same thing. Of course, it's gotten a lot easier to fly, but yeah, they're making all kinds of crazy stuff now, like submarines and boats. And I mean, you can mount drones to your RC cars um, mm-hmm. and you know, we've seen little uses of these types of things, be it in a movie or like a science show, uh, maybe a military type thing. Um, so yeah, those are all options. Um, I don't, I don't get the feeling like they're as popular, but, um, yeah, you know, it's a matter of getting the right tool for the job. If you are wanting to film underwater, then a submarine drone would certainly be worth considering. I I didn't really know that 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 was a a thing. I mean, obviously, I don't think it's as popular as being a you know um, new to the space. I haven't heard of them, and you know, so I feel like I am probably a pretty good representation of the general public. Um, but man, I think that would be freaking cool to like, especially on like a you know a high mountain lake where it's clear. You you know. Uh, yeah, because I have a buddy that does a lot of those high alpine diving. You know, he takes his GoPro and goes diving. You know, has the dry suit and stuff like that. But oh, cool! I'd rather not do that. What's he see? Freeze, huh? What's he see? Um, I mean, Fish most of the stuff. time it's just rocks and logs and stuff okay. like that. I mean, he's got an Instagram page. Um, I think it's called like high altitude diving or something like that. But yeah, I mean. I don't think he's really gone to because what I would be interested in was is checking out some of those lakes for giant, you know, cutthroats or something like that. See if, or what see about um, if you're ice fishing or I mean, well, we'll just say a frozen lake, having a drone go underwater and filming like underneath uh, the ice would be that would be sweet. Stunningly cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Oh, man. Maybe that's a great portfolio option for somebody with one of those that, that is i wonder um, what the uh, we'll have to look at what the cost on those is because that would be a that'd be a cool thing for for filming it's a lot safer so, than swimming under the ice 
which it does <laughs> yeah. opens up all kinds by, of dangerous situations yep by a big shot yeah yeah um man yeah i um yeah that's i i feel like this has been a very informative podcast for for folks i mean it's just a very new thing to the world and i would love i like obviously i'm not ready as let me retract formulate a question here um is there a spot like if you wanted to get into the fpv um drone space what's uh what's the best starting point there are there classes for folks to take those simulations or what's the best way to get into it so that's a great question what i found was best was facebook groups okay um so there's lots of fpv face group and then there's regional ones too so like i live in a town of 900 so there's nobody else that does it here and i wasn't really able to collaborate or learn from anybody hands-on unfortunately but i was able to like gather enough information and my son was into it so he kind of like pointed me in a few directions um but to get into the fpv yeah start looking for groups the simulators you can download on the computer um but start with the groups, you'll get all the information that you need because there's a lot of different pieces. Mm -hmm. um, and it kind of depends on the direction you want to go. Some people want to do filming. Some want to race. Um, some just want to experience flying. Um, mm -hmm. And there's all different kinds of outlets. Um, so I would start there. And like I said, there's, there's local groups. So you can learn from other people in your or figure out who's in your community and for the most part the community is pretty supportive um and helpful because there's all it's really challenging in terms of learning how to build them like i had to learn how to solder um and that was a big struggle i have big hands and little electronic things is definitely not my um something i have a lot of experience with but um through time and help from people in the community i was able to pick it up so nice. That would be my suggestion there because there's not a lot of like retail stores or anything like that you could get into. Um, also, if you found if there's any kind of drone racing events going on in your area, I'd say go attend those and talk to people because networking is huge. And um, then you can you make some friends and they can point you in the right direction and help you from making stupid mistakes. And I fried a lot of circuit boards. <laughs> learning how to solder i can save sure. myself some I'm money sure. yeah um, and so yeah if you're like really wanting to get into the the joy of flying and kind of, it's more immersive than like a video game i feel like um it's really rewarding and fun um but it's also challenging um i would yeah. i would suggest going in that direction than like one of the I hate to use like DJI. It's kind of like we call Xerox a copy machine, but that style of drone because the they're less immersive and um, mm -hmm. it's kind of a different tool for a different job. Yeah, yeah. Seen. I mean, it sounds like it's much easier to fly, and it, yeah. I mean, I think that's a good good message to folks. I mean, if you want to get into 
personally, like the DJ, DJI that I have, if you want to get into filming, I mean, that's, that's a great, great starting point in my very limited experience. Um, you know, it's just, it's so easy to use and you can get some pretty solid footage right out the gate. And I, I think that's great. Spend a little time. You can easily look up what the rules are. And like I said, you can download that air map um, app and that will give you a pretty solid idea of what you're where you're allowed to fly or not locally mm-hmm. um, so that would be a great stepping off point um, Sweet. I'm trying to think if there was anything else I thought we should cover um, I had something in my head for a moment but um, the other myth I think I should bring up that we can fit this in somewhere is that Drones really aren't the greatest tool for spying on people. Like everybody feels like it's this huge invasion of privacy, but they have a wide angle lens. Mm -hmm. Um, So unless one is hovering right in front of your window, somebody's not really going to see inside your house. Yeah, that's a good point because they really, I mean, it's like the, yeah, I mean, I don't know what the exact millimeters on most of them are, but you know, it's, it's a very, very wide angle camera good for taking landscapes but yeah i mean you not it's not a great spying tool and you know what if you feel like let's say somebody is hovering in front of your window which is super not cool i hope nobody ever does that but i've heard of it happening close your windshade and they're gonna go away (laughs) there'll be nothing for them to see like you've simply solved a problem and you know hopefully you can figure out who's doing it and have a conversation with them and it doesn't continue but well and they're so quiet i mean you know i I was shocked at how quickly the sound went away once it was you know i don't know 100 feet away from me it was like it was silent you can get different props that are even quieter too than what they can oh really yeah you can purchase some aftermarket ones um master air screw is the main company i can think of okay supplies those um which is kind of nice because then you're knowing less people and less wildlife it's worth the extra bit of money i guess yeah um so yeah drones not so good for spying on people don't worry about that and you know it's they're really not that much different than your neighbor having a telescope like the telescope they could probably see a lot more with Um, yeah so i i kind of wanted to dispel that sort of myth that is common out there that is i feel like that's a one of the big things that people are against drones for they're like you know oh he's gonna fly over my yard and spy on me but it's like you can't you can't especially if you're 400 feet up you're not seeing anything in some dude's backyard actually yeah and the the actual laws i mean technically you are sort of allowed to I believe it has something to do with a reasonable right of privacy. So like if your window is open, then, you know, you, if you want privacy, you should close it. It's kind of like if you got the window open, you walk out in your bathrobe, it's like some, some person just happens to be looking in. You can't, can't blame them for looking. I I mean, (laughs) so yeah. Yeah. Well, sweet man. Well, um, I definitely really appreciate you jumping on here. And um, what's uh, what's your website? Where can people find 
So um, if you services. guys want to check out some of my drone work, uh, my website is visualadventures.com, um, mm -hmm. spelled as it sounds, adventures is plural. And uh, I get some cool FPV footage on there, and there's a kind of a variety of things. I've done stuff like drone mapping where you can um, – you fly a drone and it takes all these pictures and then you put it into software and you get this 3d model out of it. Um, mm. and that can be used for construction and, uh, all kinds of interesting stuff. Like you can oh, measure can. a pile of dirt, like in oh, really? cubic volume. Yeah. It's really fascinating. Huh. Um, kind of like on Google maps, if how you, like some of the cities, you have yes, like the 3D it's, version. It's yeah. very much like that. Um, so that's kind of some neat stuff. But, uh, you know, you'll mostly enjoy my climbing and other footage. I recently did a um, show for PBS where I was up on the Mount St. Helens Crater Glacier and flew drones to tell the story of what the scientists were studying up there. Um, and that turned out to be like a really cool show. Um, and that's on my website, or if you were to Google, why is the world's youngest glacier inside of a volcano, um, it'll come up. That's kind of wordy, I know, but that's how they title their videos. That's on YouTube, by the way. It's on YouTube? Yeah, okay. yeah, so you can watch nice. that. It's a really cool video, and I even fly drones inside glacier caves. Um, I saw so that. Yeah, I would neat stuff. I would tell people just go to your website, man. It's you got some really cool stuff on there. Yeah, just because it, I'm I'm speaking from me personally. It's you got some really awesome, and you do regular photography, all that good stuff. So it's good, uh, good, good time consuming thing. You know, you get lost. At least for me, I get lost in photography. I could look at especially drone photography and videography. I can just look at it for hours. It's so cool. Yeah, you'll get um, inspired to fly and go on some crazy yeah. adventures and maybe a try ice climbing. Who knows? Yeah, there you go. Well, right on, man. Well, thank, thank you, Ryan. you so much. And yeah, let us know if you have any other adventures coming up and we'd love to get you on the podcast again. Great. Um, yeah, we'll do some adventure recaps. 